0: Did you know that the value your team can get from StrengthsFinder goes way beyond just the list of talents each person has? On this episode, Lisa Cummings returns to the show to teach us about the four demands of leadership, how they map to StrengthsFinder, and most importantly, the way they can help us all accelerate results during times of change. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 320. Produced by Innovate Learning. Maximizing Human Potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And this weekly show gives you access to the practical wisdom that will empower you to become a better leader. Well, speaking of being born, we're all born with talents. We're all born with strengths. And if you've been listening to the show for a bit, you have certainly uh, heard my affection for the Strengths Finder assessment and thinking, and beyond just the assessment, thinking about our talents as strengths and being able to leverage our strengths. And uh, a couple of months ago, I was really pleased to welcome Lisa Cummings to the show. She is the founder of Lead Through Strengths. We had a great conversation about utilizing the assessment. Within your organization and your team, and how to leverage uh, some of the wisdom that comes out of the assessment and the awareness. And so many of you reached out and mentioned how much you love that conversation. And also, a few folks wrote in with some additional questions that I thought it'd be fabulous to have Lisa back to take the next step on helping us to really get the most out of StrengthsFinder. And if you didn't listen to the last episode, Lisa is the founder of Lead Through Strengths. She brings over 20 years of experience into practice. She is a certified strengths performance coach with Gallup and the host of the best podcast I know of that features the lessons of StrengthsFinder, also called Lead Through Strengths. Lisa, welcome back to the show.
1: Hello. So good to be back. And thanks for the kind words.
0: I am honored to have you back. I love thinking about strengths because this, for me, I don't know if I mentioned this last time we talked, but when I first picked up the book "Soar with Your Strengths," which was one of the precursors, I believe, to StrengthsFinder, it was like completely game-changing information to me. And it seems odd that it was, and yet I don't think I'd ever really thought about. Leveraging strengths. I had always thought about how do I get better at the things I'm not good at. <laughs> so I'm really glad this this model came into my life early in my career.
1: I'm so glad to, and I'm so happy that you're bringing that book up to people who may have missed it when it came out because it's it's a book for those of you listening saying what is sore with your strengths. It's a fable, and man, it's just such a great one. If you take, I'm gonna extend the metaphor and just give you an example where essentially it makes you think of things like on your team if you have. A fish and a squirrel, and you send the fish to mouse catching school, he's not going to do as well as the fish that you send to swimming school. And when you think about putting people in the right roles to set them up for their success at work, it's just one of those duh moments as a leader where you think, well, yeah, you know, for me and for my team, it makes sense to help them amplify what they do best instead of trying to make them into something totally different. And that book just simplifies it down to the moment where you go, yeah, this is how I need to lead.
0: Oh, indeed. I, and I can't remember who who said this to me years ago. It may, may have been a coach, but someone made the point that many of us tend to feel as though our strengths are the things we had to work hardest to achieve. And yet, my senses, our true strengths are the things that oftentimes we don't even see unless we've done some of this intentional work in order to really get clarity of the things we naturally do well
1: it's one of the reasons i like the strengths finder assessment so much because people who are at first detractors or skeptics i'll often find them in a training session and they'll say yeah but that's not really a strength that's just easy everybody can do that and then you see the looks around the room where they're like uh No, we can't do what you do. We No, that doesn't come naturally for us to think like that. And these things that just come so naturally to us are so difficult for us to spot and acknowledge as special. So then you just think, oh, yeah, it's the stuff I've worked really hard for. That's what I'm really great at. But this gives you a different framing of it where you can actually acknowledge the stuff that brings you energy, stuff that's easy for you. It's almost like one guy recently told me, I feel like this is allowing me to be a little lazier. And <laughs> you know, <laughs> however you need to look at it, but it really is like, hey, if you can be at your best performance and you're feeling a little lazier, but it's bringing you ease and energy and enjoyment on the job, great. Keep doing that.
0: Yeah, it it, it seems sort of, it seems so obvious in some ways. And and yet I, when I read that book, I was thinking, oh gosh, this is... If, do the things you do well. And of the things you don't do well, find other people who do that really well. And it, it seems like such an obvious thing. And yet, we're not set up that way in a lot of organizations, a lot of corporate culture. So it, it's 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 such a good model. And, and And so it generated a bunch of questions when we had the show a few months ago. And one of the questions I received recently was from Dan, Lisa. And when I emailed this to you. We started having some conversation on it and decided to put together a conversation today on it. He wrote in and said, one issue I'm currently struggling with is my manager and I are very alike in our thoughts and behaviors. I've always felt that it is best to pair managers that are not too much alike. As long as they're comfortable talking through a situation, this fosters an environment for better ideas and rejects the not so good ideas. How should I handle the situation where my manager and I are very much alike? So Lisa, one of the things when I read this question, I, I got to thinking: Is he right? Because a lot of us have heard that we should have a fairly diverse team. I'm not sure how much of how many of us do, but we've heard this talked about in a lot of training and leadership books that we should hire people who are different than us and have different strengths. I'm curious how does this how does this land with you? Is that something that is is a truth, or is there a bigger context to be thinking of?
1: Yeah, I think it is. There is truth in it, and there is a bigger context. The first thing that comes to mind is, yeah, I think that cognitive diversity on a team is really important. And I also think, well, the second thing that came to mind was, Dan, high five through the airwaves, because this is a really mature, self-aware question to ask, because most people wouldn't think, oh, hey, we're so similar. Are we sending a message to other people that there's only one correct style to be to be successful on this team. So yay for that view, that's really great. And then I also think instantly of how those of us who are really deep strengths nerds, we have this concept that you wanna be as sharp as you can as an individual. So think of your top five strengths finder talents and really leading through those very sharply and not letting them get diluted and get let the edges get ground off as they do as you kind of conform and go through life. And then save the well-roundedness piece for the team level. So at that kind of level response, I go, yeah, totally agree. You wanna be well-rounded at the team level. But I'll tell you what really does come to mind is people who are concerned about overwhelming strength uh, similarities or differences, I think that people have more differences than they give themselves credit for. So in this case, Dan, what I would say to do is give a look at your relationship with your manager through a lens of these four categories. These are four different domains of strengths. You can actually take the StrengthsFinder talent themes and put them into these four categories. I call them these four different demands of leadership. They're executing, influencing, relationship building, and thinking. And I would imagine if you look at you and your manager, you're probably really simpatico in one or two of these areas. Yet you can also probably find one or two of these areas where you're really different. I reflect back on some of my relationships and think, I had this manager and we thought we were so similar and he... We both were very much in this influencing kind of thought process. We would come up with a big idea, a new vision using our strategic talent that we shared. And then the rest of them were very influencing level talents. And so we were always thinking about the future and how are we going to message this and what would it look like to people and how would we make the message receivable to them? And we just had such a fun time jamming in an area of shared strengths there. And you could stop there and say, gosh, we look too similar. Yeah. Yet if I look at these other areas, like executing, we were totally different. In fact, in one uh, meeting, I remember him acknowledging me and saying, man, I take these vagaries and Lisa and her team turn them into a tangible product we can bring to market. Now, we were so different in that area that he would cast the grand vision and then he's off to cast the next grand vision. Now, although we could share the excitement of the grand vision, I'm the one thinking about with my focus talent being very high, I'm all about the plan. And so I'm thinking, who are the resources? How many man hours will this take? How will it shift our other priorities? Who's going to get this done? What else will we need to bump off the list? How will this, I'm, I'm getting into way more of the team level, execution level stuff than he would ever get. And those are some of the elements that you can amplify by using your natural talents that are different from each other. So to bring this back to Dan's question, my first thought is, Consider those four demands on leadership, executing, influencing, relationship building, and thinking, and see, does it stand out to you that one or two of those areas, you're quite different from your manager, and how could you amplify those differences for the performance on the team?
0: Uh, so connect the dots for me on that a bit, because if I am, uh, and I tend to be, so, so a very futuristic kind of person, and thinking that, that way... Um, Let's say I'm a leader in an organization, and i I really do need to influence, and I really do need to bring other people along. Would it be that I'd want to be thinking about just some of the tactical things that I could do that may not be apparent around influencing, or would it be being good at one part of that that maybe I'd want to find others who could teach me how to do that well, or maybe they even take on that role?
1: Yeah, it's probably all of the above. You know, sometimes you'll have a demand. And you need to meet that demand yourself. So in that case, I take the talents that you have and say, how can you make them take on this feel or this result? And then in other cases, as much as possible, it's partnerships because all of these talents happen in relationship to other human beings. And so you actually, as you were asking the question, it made me think of a specific manager and team member recently in a training where it was very similar to what you described, but a different talent lineup. So the manager had the command talent and he had, oh, and ideation. This was the magic. It was command, ideation, and analytical. Okay. So with his command talent, it's very direct, it's clear, it's concise, and it's moving. I mean, if he has ideation mixed with that, and he has a million ideas in his head all the time, they actually come out of his mouth they don't stay in his head and so when he's ideating in a meeting his team before the session they were getting kind of frustrated with him because they were taking every idea as a directive because Uh he's their manager and he said it so clearly and compellingly that they were taking it as a directive so he in the strengths finder session he realized he had a team member who has the activator talent and the activator talent is in the influencing category and it's really all about Let's go. Let's get this started. And so what he did was he consciously partnered up with this person once he had the self-awareness and he realized, oh, gosh, they're thinking I'm spinning them in circles and making them go crazy because they think every idea is something to go add to their plate. He said to this team member, hey, can we partner up? And with your activator, you want to know what to get started. So I'm going to ask you to be the one who says, Okay, of all those ideas you just said, which one are we going to go do now? And so he became the sorter and the one who would feel the internal pressure to, to say, oh, hey, let's get clear on which one we're going to move on. And it became such a cool partnership because they asked each other to play that role. And then instead of it being uncomfortable, it was just this beautiful, easy partnership that made things clear for everyone on the team, not just the two of them. So partnership, big, big deal.
0: And the awareness is really big too. If you as a leader in a team are willing to take that step back and uh, I, I love the language of StrengthsFinder because it gives you the language to be able to start to have conversations about some of these things that are very complex. Uh, so it's 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 about being able to, to leverage that in a cool way. And and uh, and I'm thinking even still about Dan's question a bit here, and and thinking about teams that there are a lot of similar kinds of people. And I'm sure you run into this a bit where you go into an organization and you. Uh, do an assessment and start working with the team or the the executive leadership. And, And there are a lot of similarities. What are some of the things you find that are really effective in helping that team to really leverage strengths in a situation where there are a lot of similar ones?
1: So one of the things that I like to get them to do is to think of someone who really frustrates them at work. So I have a team recently where they were really heavy on the executing talents and on the thinking talents, a little bit lighter on the relationship and influencing. And they were kind of grappling with this concept like, is that the way you need to be in the organization? Is this what the culture calls for? And that's why we look like this. So they're trying to ask all these deep questions about it. So I simplified it down to just the one to one human interaction kind of concept. And I got them to think about, but not say out loud, somebody who is just mm, uh, frustrating to work with, maybe high maintenance, maybe drives them a little bonkers. And so I you know, think of that person. Everyone listening is probably thinking of their person like that in life. And then to say, now, what if you could think of them instead of being high maintenance or frustrating to work with? What if you could think of them as awesome? Because they live their life in a headspace that you have no interest in spending your headspace. So how cool that there are people on the team who want to be there, who want to play there, who want to spend their mental energy there. So then if they know each other's strengths, finder talents, it makes it really clear and easy. If they don't, you can still hypothesize about, all right, there's this behavior that this person is demonstrating. What is it? that they're bringing to the situation with that way of being. I had a person who reported to me at one point and this was the most enlightening exercise because first of all, I'm driving her batty because I have the maximizer talent and the individualization talent and when you put those two together for me, maximizer, I'm always tweaking, nothing is ever finished because it can always be a little bit better. We can always mess with it and make it higher quality or change it up. And then individualization is all about well, in A product world, it ends up being about customization. But I think each person is unique, so they might want to receive things in a unique way. So I'm just tweaking like crazy. So I have this team member who has consistency in her top five, and it's my number 33 of 34. And consistency is all about wanting standard operating procedures. And fairness equals being equal. Fairness is equal. And I'm saying, oh, fairness is unequal. And so we are coming at the world in a different place and we're driving each other nuts. And she's in my office all the time asking all these questions. And I'm thinking, these questions aren't even relevant yet. It's not, it doesn't matter yet. We're not that far in, but she's already thinking ahead. How does this affect our process? How is this important customer of mine going to react to this? And how can I pre-plan the experience, and get ahead of it, and create a consistent customer experience. And it was really through the Strengths Finder process that we were able to reframe how we were seeing each other, to see that well, she brings that. Standard operating procedures are very helpful. It made us more scalable. It made us consistent. It made customers know what to expect out of us. But that's not really the world I want my, my brain. I like my brain to be in. Likewise, I'm the one who can make them feel special and paid attention to in a unique way. And so once we flipped it around and we were able to just, it takes a little extra effort at the beginning, but to say, what is this person bringing to the situation that I don't like to have to bring? And then celebrate how cool that someone else likes being in that headspace. That is one of the most exciting things StrengthsFinder can unleash on a team.
0: So it's, it's changing our own mental orientation, if you will, of our our. Our natural—well, I shouldn't say "are." I'm just going to speak for myself, Lisa. <laughs> My natural thought of like if someone thinks really different than me or has different talents of like, oh, they're you know they're difficult to work with or they're wrong or whatever. And instead, if I'm willing to set that aside and look at that as, oh, how how do we benefit from that as an organization? And leverage that person's strength and let them do the things that the rest of us aren't good at doing and don't even like to do, then we become better at everything we're leveraging as an organization.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this sounds a little academic, but if you name these things before the situations happen because you recognize there are pattern that you guys have with each other, then when it happens it doesn't create an issue. So if you were partnered up with somebody who has that activator ideation talent together, it might rub against your Dave top five having responsibility in there. And you say, well, gosh, we've already made this commitment over here. And and we gave our word. So we need to live that out. But you're coming up with this new idea that's going to make us scrap the old idea that doesn't sit right with me. But if you've already talked about how that goes down on your team and you have a plan for how one person is the gas and one person is the brake and that that's an okay dynamic and that you expect it, then your reaction to each other is totally different from, oh, you're always putting the monkey wrench in my projects. Then you look at each other a different way. Yeah, it's a mental game.
0: You already kind of answered the the next question I was going to ask, which is how do you leverage a lot of the differences on the team? And that that really comes uh, comes apparent to me in what you just said. And you said something a minute ago, that made me think differently about this is sometimes when people look similar, we have the perception that people are the same. They're not actually as similar as maybe they think. So t- tell me more about that.
1: Yeah. I think that if you know what lens. Think about those four domains that I mentioned, executing, influencing, relationship building, and strategic thinking. If you think of those as your lens, like yours, your thinking talents, those happen to be in Gallup's world, colored red. So I'm going to call them your rose-colored glasses. (laughs) So um, let's say you know that you are looking through that red lens. And then when big organizational change happens, big leadership shakeup, new acquisition, or some major thing in the organization, what happens first in your brain is likely an intellectual exercise.
0: Immediately. Yeah, yeah.
1: So if you look at your talents and you know, oh gosh, yeah, that is my first filter. Then you can be conscious of the fact that these, these other demands exist and need to be taken care of. Then you can really consciously work out. How does that get covered? And does it get covered by me? Does it get covered through partnership? How is that going to work? And, And if you, you can do this as an individual exercise, but you can also expand it into the group where if you do find, you know, gosh, we are not that well-rounded as a team right now, but does that mean we should all just fire ourselves and start over and try to, no, you work with what you have, but you know the lens that you look through first, and you know your strong preferences, you know how you think and feel and act at your default, and you know that you're working with customers and internal partners, And people who don't operate with the same lens and they need something different from the situation so you can consciously figure out, okay, how are you going to cover those other elements that don't represent your strongest pattern?
0: One of the things that's huge for me in looking at these four different areas of leadership and the talents is thinking about just that, what you articulated, is going through an organizational change. And that is something that it seems like just about every leader is dealing with fairly regularly, uh, if not today and thinking about how different people, where they default to just based upon that and knowing where you are. Because like you said, a lot of mine line up under the strategic thinking area. And I miss, I know I do, some of the influencing things that are essential in organizational change, but don't aren't the first things I think of. And so I think One of the things that a lot of us can do as leaders, especially if we're familiar with the StrengthsFinder concept, is to look at these four areas and start to think of like, where am I? And then where are the other people on my team so that we can do a better job when we're navigating change of making sure we're staying attuned to all these areas?
1: Right. And you can do things like, let's say you have no relationship building anywhere anywhere near your top. Now you do, but let's say you don't then you know there are people on your team who are instantly thinking gosh okay how does this affect me who else on the team is this going to affect how is each person going to react oh that person's going to be ticked oh this person's going to be really psyched oh this person's going to be a little bit down in the dumps oh this person needs a little time to process there's someone who knows every single person on that team and what they personally need to be able to navigate that change successfully some need 10 minutes and some need 10 months but For anyone to have the awareness, it becomes easier if you consciously say, Hey, you know, help me if I'm missing this relationship piece. If I'm missing something that you see, clue me in and you can have that conversation in advance. Likewise, like executing talents for me are not my strongest domain. I'd say of the domain, even though I mentioned that focus example where I'm into planning, when it comes to actually getting it done and really focusing on the details that's not as exciting for me. It's not as fun for me. So I'm kind of hit or miss on those. So I put people around me who have consistency and deliberative who will help me spot risks so I don't make hasty decisions and um, it, and responsibility and talents like that where they're more focused on executing and making sure we get it done as promised and we don't get distracted by my squirrel brain. So <laughs> it, it's, it's a pretty cool thing when you start looking at your natural lens and then focusing on the people around you.
0: Well, and then then probably the the advanced level way to even think about this is if you're planning for change of starting to think about how you might do it differently based upon the needs and the lenses of people in the organization and on the executive team and the employee base and <laughs> the team that's going to be most affected by whatever change is happening. If you see those things in advance and ask those questions like you were asking, then you can proactively handle the change process of how you communicate, how you socialize it, how you um, present it in a very different way just at the beginning so that it's more likely that you're speaking to the kinds of things that people are going to be defaulting to anyway.
1: Yeah. I think it's really cool because it's a totally different angle on change than most people will view. And that's why I like thinking about these things as demands that exist that need to be taken care of. Because if you you take any change management model or if you look at things that have been out in the world on leadership and change management, you hear about things like, well, your team's going to go through forming, storming, norming, performing, these phases. And those things all might be true, but that's not covering the same stuff that you're covering when you think about Executing who's going to focus on making sure the work gets done as promised influencing who's going to make sure this continues with the momentum and the energy and keep the motion and the voice of the team to ensure that that gets heard. Relationships, who's going to be paying attention to the humanity of all of this and have the relationships that will make it through, and especially for the people that that's really important to their performance. And there are some people, if they're feeling poorly about the team and the culture, they're performing extremely poorly. And then the strategic thinking and really being able to analyze information and make great decisions. And if you look at change through those categories versus something like, The phases that you typically see, or other models, it's a really nice layer to add on.
0: Yeah, and it's it's none of the models are complete. That that storming, norming, form you know we've talked -hmm. about on the show before, and it's a really helpful way to know like where a team is as a whole in the process. But to your point, it doesn't really it doesn't really talk to what is each individual in the team doing in order to leverage their strengths to navigate. The change that's happening and to help the team to go through that process faster because they're going to go through it. But if you handle it well and you think about people's talents, you're going to go through that process with a lot less heartache and quicker and more efficiently for the organization if you're thinking about these things, which is really cool. Yeah, it is
1: really cool. And I think even if you put this model in front of the team, and you if you would have your strengths, finder, talents, you would know specifically which ones map in. Usually a couple of them identify you identify with so strongly that you think, oh, that's really, that that space is my jam. If I had a manager put these in front of me and say, we're going to go through a major change, take a look at these demands and think about what your greater contribution to this new strategy, this new team, this new org, you know, whatever the changes it there, which one of these do you feel like you can bring the greatest contribution? And while we're going through a tough change, you could still feel the ease and energy and enjoyment of using your natural talents. I know that I could personally look at this list and say, you know, my individualization and my positivity they really do speak loudly inside of me. And those would be fun for me during a change to find, hey, what resonates about this with each person? Or how can we make this a little fun loving because big change makes it a little stressful so I could bring in the positivity. And I know instantly if someone asked, how can we call on you? What contribution do you bring? I could raise my hand and say, this is how I can help with the change. And as a leader, imagine the difference in that on your team versus change feeling like a burden to everyone.
0: Oh, I love that. And I, I'm even thinking in my mind lately, there's so many different ways that this could be leveraged and not even just change. But I'm thinking about uh, starting a team for the first time or putting together a project plan or managing a program. I mean, there's so many different aspects of this that if you have clarity on where these four areas fall within your team and you're, you yourself that uh, then those conversations become easier when you inevitably have the obstacles come up if people are already having you talking through this language then it's 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 just it's it's easier to know where you're going to go next right
1: yeah yeah you're totally opening like the great can of worms because you can take this framework and apply it to so many things i mean i've had teams that i work with apply it to something as broad as How do these four demands relate to how you live out the mission of the company all the way down to really specific stuff like, hey, we have a 30 billion dollar revenue goal. How do which category here and which area really resonates with you and how you can personally influence that tangible goal all the way to something as task level as gosh, everyone on this team is saying they're crushed by their inbox and we need to figure out how to do better at email management in the company how do these domains play into how we interact with each other and how we can get ahead of that situation so you could you could just take it across so many situations and use it as a way to enter the conversation it's very door opening
0: all right lisa this is great and i'm uh, i'm i'm wanting everyone who is listening to this to have the document in front of them that i have right now which is these four uh, different demands of leadership, and the talents for StrengthsFinder to go under them. And I know a lot of folks in our audience have utilized StrengthsFinder, have taken it before, and, and we have a number of leaders who have utilized it with their teams. And actually, a bunch of people since you were last on the show have <laughs> emailed me and said they, they've they started to use StrengthsFinder with their teams. What's the best way folks could access this to really get a sense of the four demands and which of the talents align uh, so they could start thinking about some of this uh, some of the strategy we've been talking about today?
1: Oh yeah, sure thing. If they go to leadthroughstrengths.com resources, they'll see uh, an image called Four Demands of Leadership, and they can see the list there.
0: Yeah, very good. So, uh, so head over to Lisa's site. We'll have a link to that in the show notes, of course, and I will put that link in this week's weekly leadership guide for those of you who receive that. And Lisa also facilitates a ton of work around StrengthsFinder, for organizations, executive teams. I know uh, some of you in our audience have worked with her. And Lisa, you do a lot virtually too. You're not scared about virtual stuff, right?
1: Oh my gosh, I love virtual training. <laughs> it's become one of the most fun things. Yeah, You get used to the camera and then it isn't the awkward thing anymore, but it's just such a cool way to reach the forgotten remote offices and the people who thought they didn't have an opportunity for professional development. We can get into these really rich conversations, believe it or not, with chat, sometimes with thousands of lines of chat about strengths, it's so darn cool.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of folks in our industry that are still a little nervous about online facilitation and training. You're really talented at that, and uh, you do you've been doing some great things with organizations. So, uh, so, so thanks a ton for uh, for offering that as a resource. And uh, before I let you go, I'm curious now that we're getting a sense of, and I'm I'm understanding these four demands of leadership. How has the awareness of these four demands? In your life, in your work, how has it helped your business?
1: Well, you know what comes to mind instantly is a person on my team, Dina, who anybody who's listening who has worked with us for a training session, they have experienced her and they have experienced consistency in our company brand and they've considered and they've experienced responsibility. Those are two of her top talents. And You know, being able to see, she also has Achiever and Activator and Learner and Input, so there's a lot of other stuff going on there that makes her amazing, but our partnership, she has a lot of the stuff that is in my bottom. And first of all, it's knowing that and partnering up some of this opposite, finding people who have my bottom talents as their top talents, because they find things fun, just back to that point of, they spend the time in that headspace that wears me out or I forget about or I'm negligent about. And so that helps customers have a great experience. And I still get a charge, you know, when she's sending out completion reports for StrengthsFinder and a very consistent cadence and customers are emailing and saying, oh, my gosh, you've made this so seamless and easy. And I just get like a little giddy. Oh, this is so great. Every time I see one of those emails come out from her because I just realize that's something she's doing that I don't have to remember or worry about or dread because... She loves taking care of customers and making them feel you know handheld and solid all the way through. And then the other element of how it's helping the business is getting deep with StrengthsFinder in a way that you can have ongoing conversation, where you can be open enough that I remember a scenario where one of our customers asked us a question, and then, you know how conversations get grouped in emails, and then it like clusters the stuff you're seeing in your inbox. Well, it allowed me to miss an email a question from a from Dina that the customer had asked and her responsibility talent was getting real insulted because she couldn't give the customer an answer and she felt you know it was really important to her and I ignored it for 3 days accidentally but I ignored it for 3 days so by the time we figure this out I can just say oh my gosh I so insulted your responsibility talent and mean besides not being able to give the customer a fast answer I also acknowledged how that feels to her because that's what she cares about most. And those are these shortcut conversations that once you get really close, you can say it. I mean, the other day she pulled one out on my Maximizer. It was beautiful where she, I was talking about how much inventory to buy for these frames that we use, these desk frames that display people's talents. And she said, well, gosh, we should probably keep it to this number because you tend to get new ideas and change your mind. And so we don't want to spend a whole lot of money on inventory that goes to waste. And she (laughs) citing my maximizer and I'm like, Oh, you're so right. I totally do that. And so that is the stuff that it is helping the company and it's helping me personally realize and get okay with who I am and what I'm good at and who I need around me to make the rest of it at its best.
0: Two call to actions for you coming out of this conversation. One of them is to check out this document at leadthroughstrengths.com slash resources, the four demands of leadership. And if you're a strengths finder geek like we are, and you want to get into depth on this even more, check out Lisa's show, Lead Through Strengths, a great show. And Lisa, I really appreciate all the work you're doing on helping us to leverage our strengths and our talents. Uh, it's, It's awesome.
1: You are welcome. And thank you for bringing it to more people in the
0: world. I know many of you who are aware of StrengthsFinder may not be aware of these four demands of leadership that Lisa and I were discussing, and I wasn't before this conversation. So I'd certainly encourage you to check out the download on Lisa's site, and if you know a leader who is utilizing StrengthsFinder in their organization, certainly pass along this conversation to them. It uh, may be helpful in thinking about how they're going to navigate organizational change and uh, being proactive on communication in their teams as well. And I also hope you will take my action to activate your free Coaching for Leaders membership for access to even more resources, especially if you've just started listening to the show recently. It is a great way to get immediate access to a ton more on the Coaching for Leaders website, including access to my free 10-day audio course that's titled 10 Ways to Empower the People You Lead. If you'll give me 10 minutes a day for 10 days, I'll help you to get the most immediate practical actions to become a better leader. You can activate it right now by going to coachingforleaders.com. Over 6,000 people have taken that course just in the last year since I launched it, I uh, gotten lots of wonderful feedback on it, and you'll also get access to the full podcast library, the member cast, my resource library, and a bunch more that's on the Coaching for Leaders website. So check that out. And also check out some of the related episodes to today's conversation with Lisa. Back on episode 90, Bonnie and I discussed with Steve Dozier how to interpret your StrengthsFinder results. Uh, Steve was very kind to come into the studio and and actually walk through in detail the strengths finder assessment results for both Bonnie and myself. You can find our assessments posted on that episode. And if you're just getting familiar with StrengthsFinder for the first time, it's a great introduction to the assessment itself, how to understand it more uh, from your own perspective. So I'd certainly encourage you to check that out, episode number 90. Also on episode 249, we talked about change in today's conversation. Uh, One of the world's leading experts on change is John Cotter. He was on episode 249 talking about how to succeed with leadership and management. We talked about the the change in today's organizations of so many of us, uh, not handling change as an event anymore, but change really starting to become the way of organizational culture and the way of life on a daily basis in most organizations. And that's been a big change uh, that uh, John Cotter's articulated in his most recent work. He was on the episode talking about that in detail. So again, that's episode number 249. And then also I'd recommend episode 293. Lisa and I discussed leveraging StrengthsFinder for your team just a few months ago. and We refer to that conversation today. If you didn't already hear it, uh, go back and listen. You'll find even more in that conversation on how to utilize StrengthsFinder for your entire organization. That's on episode 293. Next week, Bonnie and I are back for the monthly question and answer show. It's actually going to be a week early. Normally, it's the first Monday of the month. We're going to be doing the last Monday of the month this time. We've got lots of great interviews coming up in the coming weeks, so we're just going to tackle it early. If you have a question for us that you'd like us to consider for that show, go to coachingforleaders.com slash feedback. And to get to any of the past episodes I just mentioned, coachingforleaders.com slash the episode number will get you right there. Have a fabulous week, and I look forward to joining you with Bonnie next Monday. Take care.